Welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that explores the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend 5 to 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, which I then turn into a concise 15 to 30-minute summary and analysis. There's a summary episode every week, as well as periodic standalone episodes that are either me sharing an idea on a topic or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold, to keep you up to date on the absolute latest in security and technology, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, a couple weeks into January 2020. This is episode 211, starting off security news. California's new privacy law, the CCPA, went live on January 1st. But similar to GDPR, people aren't exactly sure what that means. The core of the new law states that if your company has data for over 50,000 California residents, you need to explain to them exactly what you're doing with it. And customers can also ask that you don't sell it or that you delete it. And there's some other stuff there as well, but that, that seems to be the core of it. There's a new SHA-1 exploit that makes it even easier to attack hashes built with SHA-1. And a lot of people are talking about the possibility of using Blake 2 as a replacement for SHA-2, especially within systems like Git, because it's 10 times faster than SHA-2. But yeah, a lot of people are really worried about the integrity of systems like Git, because foundationally, it's a bunch of SHA-1 hashes. There appears to be a new trend with ransomware groups where they're not just encrypting the data and charging the victim to decrypt, but they're actually taking a copy of the data first and then storing it so they have more options to monetize it later, which is smart and kind of scary. Ring fired four employees for looking at customers' videos. And you might want to avoid writing 20 as an abbreviation for 2020 on official documents like checks, if you still use checks. Because someone can come behind you and add things to that 20 that you just wrote, right? So they can add 2010 or 2018 or 2022. Seems pretty low probability of an attack, but worth knowing about. And why not just write 2020? MITRE has released attack content for industrial control systems. Attackers are now targeting telecom companies directly so they can get access to customer mobile numbers, which allows them to bypass SMS authentication. Really, what they're talking about is getting access to the ability to do a SIM swap. Uh, I, I think this is this article is really saying we have evidence now. <laughs> There's more evidence that attackers are actually targeting these companies, but I imagine this has been going on for some time. Yeah, this SIM swap issue is super serious. I mean, basically, someone's mobile number today is really a proxy for their identity. And if you can break into these companies and... Uh, Switch that mobile number to another device. It's really serious. I, I really, really looking forward to telecom companies having a better solution to this. Right now, it's basically, can you trick the not very well-paid customer service person who is dealing with bad documentation and you know poor process? And that's what stands between you and having your number stolen. The UK's new offensive cybersecurity force run by the Ministry of Defense and the GCHQ is nearly ready to go live just in time for Iran shenanigans. The U.S. may cancel a civilian drone program based on DJI drones, which is a Chinese company, due to surveillance concerns. They're worried that it's basically like a giant land mapping project, and they're worried that it's going to be used for surveillance. And uh, other similar projects actually involving DJI and the military have already been canceled as well for similar reasons. 
So related to the earlier story, someone actually did an analysis of how easy it is to swap a SIM card to gain access to someone's mobile number on five different carriers. And really what they tried to do was, you know, see what the rules were and map out what that process looks like for the major carriers. And their takeaway is that it actually is really easy. Um, And SMS is not a good option, which I think we already knew, but I, I like having data that backs it up. I still think it's quite strong compared to not having it which uh, a lot of people disagree on, but most security people that I know do still think it's better, but it's nowhere near as good as um, having app-based. And someone found a database of 56 million Americans' personal data sitting on a Chinese IP address. The data was evidently collected by a PeopleFinder website called checkpeople.com. So that is unpleasant. And a Texas school district got fished out of $2.3 million. Phishing is absolutely still king because even if all the technical controls work, phishing will still work because until people are completely replaced by automation, I mean, they're still going to be making decisions and they're still going to have to have authority to do things. And that's what will be attacked by the phishing. Advisories. There's a critical Citrix NetScaler RCE with an active exploit um, actually out there. Uh, TrustedSec and a couple of other groups have put the exploit out already. TrustedSec only released it because uh, other people already put it out. But this is CVSS 9.8. And uh, if you have any Netscaler slash Citrix, you need to get this patched immediately if it's not compromised already. Critical Android bug. Um, Yeah, really nasty. Firefox zero day under active attack. Millions of cable modems vulnerable to something called cable haunt which is basically RCE of your cable modem, which includes the ability to change your DNS, which is nasty. And uh, some updates for Chrome. Companies, Synopsys buys tinfoil. Technology news. Got the best of CES winners from Engadget. And uh, the coolest thing I saw here was the WeThings Scan Watch, which is a round watch. It's got an EKG on it. Lasts for 30 days. Looks quite good. I might actually buy one. Warner Brothers is about to start using AI to help them decide if they should make a movie or not. I've always wondered when they were actually going to do this. Like, just point some unsupervised learning or whatever kind of algorithms you have that that work for this. Point it at the repository of data about IMDb. Or actually feed data from the movie into the algorithms themselves so they can extract the features. And uh, combine that with environment information, like, you know, how is the economy doing? What am I up against? What is the weekend? What part of the year is it? What is the weather? Like all these different things. Maybe not the weather, because you don't know that before you make the movie. But as many factors as you can figure out, right? Build that into the model and say, is this going to work? Anyway, I think it's a pretty cool idea. I've always wanted to see what an algorithm would come up for um, rating uh, various movies within IMDb. So we can get ready for USB 4 and Thunderbolt 4 in 2020, but we don't have to worry about the connector actually, because it's still USB-C. Really can't wait till everything is USB-C. So I could take like 49 cables out of my bag. SpaceX is looking to launch blacked out satellites to avoid earth visible light pollution in space, where you're basically looking up, trying to look at the stars and you just see a whole bunch of moving specks because there are so many satellites up there. And actually SpaceX, I believe, has the most satellites. I think that was a story from last week. 
Teslas might soon gain the ability to talk to pedestrians via external speakers. That's the one thing I love about Teslas. They're more of a software product than any other car. You never know what features might be in the next update. I've actually wanted to mount one of those bullhorn things, like automated one, and somehow be able to control it from inside the car. So I could just like say in like a cop voice, just be like, next time use your blinker or that wasn't very nice. Or just talk to people, like not in a super aggressive way, but just call them out so they feel bad. Thought that would be cool. I don't know how to mount something like that to a car, but maybe this will give that functionality. Although it seems like it could fuel road rage. Like if people are being super rude with it. But I doubt that'll happen because no one who owns a Tesla would be rude. And there's a new deep face swap app called Doubly Cat that people are excited about. You basically give it a selfie and it'll put it on a GIF that you provide. Human News, another study has found a strong correlation between cardiorespiratory fitness and gray matter volume. Alcohol-related deaths have doubled between 1999 and 2017, and suicide is up 33% in a similar time frame. I think we have a meaning crisis. That's what I think. The world's largest radio telescope has just come online in China. It is 500 kilometers, no, 500 meters across, which is huge. And Star Trek Picard has already been renewed for another season. I think a lot of BitTorrent clients are going to be really happy about this. Ideas, trends, and analysis. Here's an idea. Maybe slow speed information is critical to healthy discourse, kind of like low glycemic index foods. And maybe the faster and more condensed you can get something, like you just lose something. This is something that that, that I read about in Neil Postman's uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death. Really great book. I think it was written in the fifties actually. And it was complaining about TV uh, as, as an iteration away from, you know, in person and then radio. And it was saying TV was breaking everything. Imagine if you had seen this, but uh, I thought that was interesting. Like maybe you just need slow, difficult information to have a healthy society. And related to the previous story, alcohol deaths doubling 20 years, suicide up 33% in the same time frame. This is why I have a serious problem with Pinker's optimism in his last two books. It's not that any of her, his data are actually wrong, that I, that I know of anyway. The book is extremely well-researched, right? The, the problem is that people don't judge their happiness using the relative experiences of previous decades or centuries. Like we don't, Our brains don't care about how happy our ancestors were. We focus on the present, we, how we compare with you know, our peers, and other images that we think we should be aspiring to right? Or we should be at the level of. So I don't think his books are wrong. They just totally miss the point. And these suicide statistics and these deaths by alcohol, in my mind, they're likely to be, you know, related to that. They could not be. I mean, this is, it is conjecture, but it seems logical to me. College kids are starting to see big tech, a lot like Wall Street or big oil, basically lucrative, but with a moral trade-off due to their unscrupulous business practices, evidently becoming a big theme on college campuses. And Equifax's stock rose 50% in 2019, and Facebook's stock is at an all-time high right now. Looks like the relationship between bad behavior and bad outcomes isn't always as solid as we might like. And around one in five Americans uses a smartwatch or a fitness tracker. 20%. Updates. 
wrote an essay called Visibility and Understanding Create Both Tools and Weapons. I think you will like it. You should check it out. Wrote one called Why High-End Podcasts Reduce the Bass in Their Audio, which you should be hearing in this right now, actually. Should be like a cleaner, brighter sound as opposed to like a deep rumbly sound, which I used to be into. Yeah, I was super into that bassy sound, but it turns out it mixes really poorly with surrounding um, noise, especially road noise. So NPR basically said, look, we need to cut this out. So they used their mic, which is the same mic that I have, to pull um, sound out of the bottom range. And um, the, the high pitch is supposed to basically cut through road noise, subway noise, you know, surrounding conversation and stuff like that and cut right through and get to your ears. So I'm trying it out. Let me know what you think. And third one here, San Francisco is a microcosm of America's future. Uh, Sounds political. It's not really political. It's more like society analysis type stuff. And uh, I reconsolidated my reading infrastructure on Audible, Kindle, and Goodreads and been catching up all my previously read stuff. More work to do on that, but making good progress. If you're on Goodreads, connect with me. It's just Daniel Meisler. And currently reading a fiction series called Cradle, which is part of a genre called lit RPG, which is literary RPG. It's basically like you're watching a video game or an RPG, but as a story instead of a game. Uh, There's tons of focus on leveling, skills, abilities, and items. Like if you like Diablo and you like collecting things and getting more powerful, this is, it's a whole genre of books designed around just that. So you should definitely check it out. And I'm loving this series. It's called Cradle. I think it's probably a pretty good introduction to it. And I posted a couple of new book summaries, one on Atomic Habits, which is like one of my, it's just a fantastic book. It's also a great book to read in January. So really suggest you get that or at least read the summary that I wrote. And uh, another one called The Infinite Game, which is super cool. And let me know what you think about bullets for the advisories and other sections in security above. So for the first time, I took it out of a paragraph with just comma separation and actually added some bullets because you're listening to this, you're not seeing the newsletter. But um, yeah, just let me know what you think of that if you see it. In discovery, a look at Google's healthcare efforts like Project Nightingale and Guardian, how Israel trains its elite drone warriors, a visual subnet calculator, how to read long, complex books. Got my new favorite hacking video. There's a thing called Silent Book Club where people get together in public places and silently read together, which I'm going to be doing one in SF at the end of this month. Why I quit using Google. That's not me. It's someone else's article. This Klipsch Bar 54 soundbar looks super awesome. Don't know where I'm going to put it. I have like 11 square feet in my house. And an interactive Vim tutorial. Recommendation for the week. It's the beginning of January and a new year. So make sure you have your most sensitive data backed up somewhere securely off-site. And that you either rotated your key passwords or using a password manager with you know a strong scheme. And that your most vulnerable loved ones are doing these same things. And the aphorism for the week. All happiness depends on courage and work. All happiness depends on courage and work. Honore de Balzac. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. I believe ads are not just annoying, but that their incentive structure is toxic to the content creation process. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. UL members get the newsletter each week 
instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we share ideas and links about the topics we discuss here in the podcast. They also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeesler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. Each of you is helping support a model of content creation that we really need right now. And I appreciate you greatly. We'll see you next time.